Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? Well, I'm having trouble seeing my glass around my microphone. (laughs) It's a really foamy beer now. Uh Sometimes you just can't do everything right. That's okay. So uh, (laughs) I'm drinking a Shipyard Pumpkin Head, um, which is a really awesome pumpkin beer. It's like one of my favorites. It's right up there with Pumpkin and... um, yeah, there's there's tons of good, fun, like, pumpkin and pumpkin pie flavor in it. Uh, I love it. And I poured it into a really cool glass that I got on Monday when I went to go visit the Portsmouth Brewing Company, which is the oldest brewery in Ohio. Oh. I can't remember what year it started, but it's over 100 years old at this part. I, I think it started in the 1800s or, like, the early 1900s. Wow. Um, But uh, while we were there, a really nice couple was sitting across the bar from us. And when they left, they bought us a a pint glass for the Circleville Pumpkin Ale that Portsmouth Brewing Company brews. And that's a really awesome pumpkin ale, but I couldn't find it in time to record with it um, because they were out of it in the bottles at the brewery. And we didn't bring any growlers with us. And a growler wouldn't have lasted until today anyways. So I was like, well, so that I can tell that fun little story, I'll just drink out of that glass and I'll be sure that it's a pumpkin beer. (laughs) Well, there you go. So that's my story. (laughs) What are you drinking over there? So I have a spiked seltzer and it's the Cape Cod cranberry flavor. Mm. Um, Yes, I had the spiked seltzer brand. I like it. It's got mermaid on it. So that's fun. Um. I had it when we were at the Kenny Chesney concert back in August, and I haven't been able to grab it while I've been at the store, but I found it the other day and I was like, well, it kind of still feels like a a summer beverage, but I'm kind of on that lower carb kick right now and it's only got five carbs in it and it's delicious. Cranberries Cranberries are very fall-like, you know, because of Thanksgiving and it's naturally flavored but what i really like about it is that it's six percent alcohol by volume which is pretty good for a spike seltzer yeah that is or any kind of boozy seltzer that isn't just seltzer water and vodka so that's what i'm drinking today i had half of one when we recorded our bs so yeah We'll see how this treats me with the rest of them both. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I had a pumpkin latte during the BS, and now I'm having a pumpkin beer. I'm just pumpkining all the things. I made pumpkin pancakes this morning, too. So. Oh, my gosh. You're going to turn into a pumpkin at midnight. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Jared's going to wake up, and he's just going to have a pumpkin next to him. He's going to be like, "Mm, that's okay. I like pumpkin pie. (laughs) And our drinks this episode were sponsored by Elise Ferguson. So cheers. Thank you, lady. Cheers. Thank you. You can go stalk her over on Instagram. Her handle is E.G. Ferguson. um, And she's a fellow drinker and farmer, obviously. So it's probably somebody you should go follow. Yeah. So uh, welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. Yeah. um, On this podcast, we drink and we talk about farming things. And sometimes we go off on tangents, which... Speaking of tangents, if you really like them, you can go over to our Patreon and listen to our BS session for free. Yeah, we recorded our first BS session in like three weeks and it was so overdue. It's really long. 
Yeah. Um, that's all right. We're hoping that the people that enjoy it will get to enjoy it. And while you're there, you can check out our Patreon page because um, our patrons are the ones that make this uh, podcast continue to be possible in addition to our sponsors. You guys are really going to want to go check out the BS and because I shared a very embarrassing story, a very foot and mouth story that is worth going over and listening to. So make sure you go check that out because I saved it just special for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, don't forget to take our survey. We've got a survey that we've got going on right now. It lets you give us some really important feedback on making our podcasts better. Um, and it also helps us get more sponsors so that we can continue this thing, this drinking and farming thing. Mm-hmm. And make sure you join our Facebook group. We drink and we farm things. Um, we have really fun discussions over there. People post questions and pictures and funny chicken stuff. Um, or funny farm-related things. So it's a really fun, low-key group that I don't know about you, Bev, but I thoroughly enjoy, even though I feel like I'm kind of a lurker lately. Like, somebody will post something while I'm at work, and I'll look at it really quick, but I don't acknowledge that I looked at it. But it's got that whole, like, seen-by thing. So don't think that Sam's ignoring you. Just know that Sam's just not prioritizing her time very well right now. Uh, prioritizing time is like super tough to do that. Like that takes like some ninja skills, ninja yes. skills that I don't have either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Join our group though. The group is a lot of fun. I totally agree. Yes. And review us in all the places, please. Yes. Please. Especially iTunes. You know, when you review us on iTunes, it helps get our podcast seen. Um, mm-hmm. by more people because it like gives us a little boost in the iTunes algorithm I don't pretend to understand algorithms it's just mm-hmm. a fancy buzzword that they keep throwing around <laughs> but apparently it matters so yeah go give us a review <laughs> please and yeah. thank you woohoo Sam woohooed <laughs> that was the fastest housekeeping corner ever Sam I we got know. this down high five we do we're professionals now we just (laughs) high-fived ourselves (laughs) all right Bev do you have anything you want to correct yourself about oh yeah I totally do last episode I gave everybody a pumpkin uh, spice simple syrup recipe but I forgot the pumpkin puree (laughs) oh no (laughs) I was listening back to it and I was like wait this simple syrup doesn't have any pumpkin in it um it was like I know that it does have pumpkin in it. So I just linked in the show in that like episode show notes to the recipe so that hopefully you could just go make it using the recipe that I got it from. Um you would think that I would have pulled it up and actually read it off if I was going to give you a, a recipe, but I was just trying to wing it. Um so I guess that's what I got. I thought you were so fancy because I didn't even catch that when you were saying it out loud because I was like, wow, I think she's pulling this from memory right now and I'm so impressed. <laughs> yeah, I was. I pulled it from memory and then I forgot an ingredient. So be sure to check out that episode show notes, which is episode 31. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a link to the pumpkin spice simple syrup recipe in the show notes. So you want to use that, not my voice, <laughs> to make your pumpkin spice simple syrup. Although without the pumpkin puree, it'll probably still taste just fine because it's got the pumpkin spice spice in it. But Yeah, that's true. I, we correct ourselves here when we're wrong. So if you think we're wrong, tell us. You can email us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We don't get challenged very often. No. No. We don't. Yet. Well, yes. <laughs> 
I mean, we do occasionally, but it hasn't been bad so far. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but we'll happily correct ourselves when we realize we've been wrong. So yeah. lately, it's been a lot of self-policing going on over here, but... Um, we don't mind it when you tell us that we're wrong because we're happy to learn new things because that's what this podcast is about. Being open-minded and learning new things. Just don't be a dick about it is all. Just be nice and say, hey, you said this, but actually. <laughs> there we go. Be a nice human being. Yes. Please and thank you. Please, we need it. <laughs> Do you have anything to correct yourself on? I don't think so. And I was just thinking, God, I'm going to come off like such an asshole because <laughs> I never seem to correct myself. But I think it's just because like I haven't said anything lately that wasn't like written down in front of me before. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was going to say, I say things off the cuff all the time. So that's why I need a lot of correcting because I love just winging it. <laughs> and there's usually nothing wrong with that, you know, and. As long, like you said, as long as you're self-policing, that's fine. Hmm. Um, and I do mm-hmm. have an update to share. Ooh. I got my Moonlight Mile herbs in for the Bumblefoot. Oh, yay. And so I gave the 30 drops um, that she recommended orally. And I also cleaned off her Bumblefoot scab and put the tincture straight on it and rewrapped it. I did that on Friday, so um, today is Sunday. I don't have any update on how well it's actually working, um, but mm-hmm. I mostly just wanted to say that I was super impressed with the tincture because, A, I really loved the way that it smelled. She didn't mm-hmm. have any trouble taking it. Like, you know, giving chickens something that they don't want is kind of hard. <laughs> yes. But she didn't seem to mind it too much. Um, and inside the box, she put in instructions for how to give your birds the tincture so that they'll take it. And she also like gives you instructions on like how the tinctures work and like what the dosages are and how to use them properly and whatnot. And so I was really thankful for that because, you know, otherwise they would have just been a box full of tinctures and I've been like, well, I guess we're winging it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that is one like that's one things I really like about her um, products is she's very thorough with the instructions, um, and I'm sure it's like just saved on Word and she like prints it out every time. But you know that sends the message to me that she puts a lot of time and effort in her packaging and you know the products she makes. So that just makes me feel good about purchasing from her every single time. Yeah, and that's Moonlight Mile Herbs. So if anyone wants to go check those out, um, she doesn't pay us to say this. This is just something that we both are actually using. And hopefully by next week, I'll have an update on how well it's working. Um, Oh, but unfortunately, um, I'm going to say that the draw salve is a no-go. I don't know if anybody's had any any, good luck with it. But when I opened up her foot on Friday... All of the scab had reformed, so like all of that hard work that I had done was gone. And she also had a second bumblefoot scab on a toe. So the infection has spread further on that same foot, um, which is kind of unfortunate. So I'm hopeful that this soaking and this tincture will get rid of it. She seems to be in good spirits, and she's still laying. So I want to say that she's still okay. Um, But like we said, bumblefoot can take weeks, so... I'm not mm-hmm. overly worried yet. I know this seems like a really long, drawn-out saga, but such is the Bumblefoot. Yes, it is. So you have a... <laughs> I'm reading their notes, and it looks like I read it at first, like, accidental Scooby. 
<laughs> I'm like, that's not right. Okay, Sam. I made an <sighs> accidental scoby. Did you see my post on I the Facebook group? Did, but I was like, <laughs> but is that like legit? Like you can actually use it. Yeah, it's totally legit. So um, I went in to like clean up the I have like a podcast corner in my bedroom. I'm not fancy. I don't have like an extra podcast room or anything. And apparently the kombucha, I had to pause to make sure that I pronounce it right. (laughs) The kombucha that I drank last week, I must have left a little bit in the bottom and I left the glass there. So it's been sitting there fermenting for Mm. six days yesterday. Oh, no, it was seven days because we recorded on a Saturday last week. So it sat there and fermented for seven days and it turned into a SCOBY. And I recognized it right away. It was a it was like a thick whitish disc. um, And that is all of like the activated microbes and bacteria that make kombucha that make kombucha what it is. I I say all the words wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all good. <laughs> the worst at pronouncing things. I don't know why I do a podcast. <laughs> um, but I messaged my friend Amy that was going to give me a piece of her scoby. And I was like, hey, I sent her a picture of it. I was like, I just found a glass of kombucha that's a week old. And it looks like it formed a scoby. Can I use this? And she goes, yes, that's exactly how I formed my first scoby. And I double checked. I posted it in the group and Natalie Quist had come on and chimed in as well. And she said, yeah, it was totally fine as long as there weren't bugs in it or larvae. And um, I will admit there were two dead uh, fruit flies in it because fruit flies really like kombucha. That makes Um, sense. But there was like no eggs or larvae or anything on it. So I just rinsed it and threw it in. It was fine. (laughs) Threw the the fruit flies away. all good i'm so gross <laughs> i mean but i mean it's a fermented beverage so it's got microorganisms and all sorts of stuff in it so like fruit flies are the least of my worry as long as they're yeah. not you know i think you're all right <laughs> yeah it, it, it'd be kind of gross if like the scoby was like crawling i wouldn't use that but <laughs> right yeah so right now i have the scoby sitting in a one gallon jar i poured a little more of the kombucha tea on top of it so that it was just enough to form like a one inch thick and all the way like, you know, the width of the container scoby. And mm-hmm. I put some cheesecloth on top of it and a rubber band. So it kind of looks like it's wearing, you know, like one of those Arabian headdresses. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it's continuing to ferment. So it should form a big scoby. And once that is done, I'll brew my tea and put it in. And then I'll be making my own kombucha. Just like that. Yay. That's so exciting. Crazy, right? Yeah. And it it all came from laziness. (laughs) Yeah, it all came from laziness. That's right. That's how we do things over here. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if you can do it with like store-bought kombucha. I do want to let everybody know that my kombucha comes from the Amish. So they brew it themselves also. So I, like, I don't know. They don't pasteurize kombucha. So I want to say that it should still form its own scoby, like the store-bought stuff. But I don't know if they do anything to it to like make it so that it can't do that. Because, you know, if you can make your own, then you don't have to buy theirs anymore. So such But as... how many people know that they could make their own? Well, now like 4,000 people know. So. Yeah. 
We're maybe, spreading the word. I have store-bought kombucha in my fridge. I wonder, maybe I can do a science experiment and see. Yeah, just take a glass, pour like two inches into it, um, cover it with cheesecloth so that the fruit flies don't get in, and see if a scoby forms next week. Put it in the warmest spot in your kitchen because it's okay. cold as balls right now. Yeah. No, balls aren't cold. That doesn't work as well. <laughs> but I say cold as balls. Oh, do you? Okay. I think we'll so. It's it seasonal. Then. You know, you just got to switch it up. Yeah, it's cold, cold as jingle bells. Well, but jingle bells? cold balls are like, you know, are like shriveled, right? So you're just like, sh- like closer to your body anyways when you're oh, cold. Oh, that's true. There we go. And then hot balls are like less, you know, okay, I'm done. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Okay. <laughs> so it's that time of the month, Bev. Oh, you're right. <gasps> we just got our Henny and Rue boxes. <laughs> Yay! Period jokes. Woo! Okay. <laughs> we did. We got our Henny and Rue boxes. So exciting. Oh my gosh. When uh, the postman pulled up with mine, I was like, there's caramels in it. There's caramels in it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> so I, we don't even have to have, ask Bev what her favorite thing in the box this month was. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the caramels were super good, but they weren't really my favorite thing in the box. Oh. But that's all right. What was your favorite thing in the box? Um, That's a good question. I really thought the uh, chickens make me happy canvas pouch was cute because it's going to be great for like putting little lipsticks in and stuff and to throw into my purse. Oh, yeah. Because I like kind of splurged a little bit and got a nice purse. So I don't want like my lipstick to open up in there or anything. Oh, I love it. I splurged and bought a really nice purse, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine's super tiny, but that's all I need. I don't carry things. Mine's like a... I can fit my laptop into it. <laughs> that's a big purse. Yeah. It's like kind of like a tote, but it was like originally $300, but then I saw in my inbox, it was like, you can get this for $129, and I'm like, sold. Like, yes, please. <laughs> New work bag slash purse slash I live out of my bag, so it's fine. <laughs> I love it. I always lose all of those games with bags because I never carry anything on me. So my new purse is literally a wallet with a strap on it. And my cell phone fits in the little back pouch. And my key, because I have a push start car, my key is just stuffed in there and I never have to take it out. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) So I just grab my bag, throw it over my shoulder and go. I don't have anything on me. So if we have an emergency, like I can literally just buy things and drive. But yeah, <laughs> Sam's like Mary Poppins with her bag. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> bag tangent. Yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes you just have to do a little retail therapy. And when it's on sale, like how can you not? So yeah, no, uh, like we talked about and like the episode where we were talking about minimalism and like things that make you happy and whatnot like I'm all for those really nice purchases that improve your quality of life like in a very tangible way yes and something you use every day is extremely tangible exactly and it's like if you're just constantly using your favorite things and that's all you have like everything you have is your favorite thing then you can splurge a little bit. It's not like you have 20 cheap things that add up to the one thing that you Yeah, use and all, all the of those anyways. 20 cheap things make you unhappy because they make you feel guilty because you own too many of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. It is. But anyways, oh. back to the Honey and Rue box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm like, what are we talking oh. about? 
But what was your favorite thing if it wasn't the salted caramels? So my favorite thing was actually the seed sprouting jar lid. Oh. Yeah, because last winter I discovered that I could grow sprouts for my chickens. Um, and so I I actually I wrote a blog post about it. And I'll link to it in the show notes so that people can laugh at my blog post that's a year old. Because um, I'm a totally different person now. Um <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> it is. It's so funny. But I still think that sprouting for your flock during the wintertime is super important. So it's a pain in the ass, though, to drain the sprouts. Like, that becomes, like, kind of the gross part and the part where you, like, lose a bunch of stuff because you've got to rinse them every day. Right. Um, otherwise, they can, like, grow mold and whatnot, and you can't feed your chickens moldy things. So this sprout lid, and I was trying to figure out what it was at first, and I didn't know it until I read the card. Henny and Rue's been sneaking a lot of those things in lately. <laughs> <laughs> but you put all of the sprouting seeds inside the jar. You wet them down and put the sprout seed lid on it, and then you can just rinse in the jar, no having to, like, touch them or mess around with them. So it's genius. I, I loved it. Total convenience factor, for sure. Yeah, so I'll be sprouting a lot more this year. And you can sprout for yourself, too, you know, like microgreens and stuff. So that sprouting lid is, um, yeah, it's going to be worth its weight in gold. I need multiples of them now. It's like, yeah, what you said. (laughs) I was going to say worth its weight in gold. I was like, that literally (laughs) just said that, Sam. Stop it. Are you copying me? I am copying you. I just admire you so much. (laughs) Oh. Oh. But there was some other cool stuff in there, too, like an adorable little brown hen pen um, or pin, not a pen. But like, you know, I could totally throw that on my coat and it would be cute. Kind of looks like it reminds me of like the little Henny and Rue mascot. So that was cute. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put it on my crochet bag because I have like pins on it. So Um. now my crochet bag will have a chicken on it. That makes me happy. Yummy. And there's the um, smorgasbord treat balls. Um, yes. More balls. <laughs> we talk balls about balls a lot on chickens. this podcast. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I love getting treats um, from Henny and Rue because then, like, in addition to my Grubbly subscription that I have, I can supplement with some additional treats and I never have to go to the store and get them because I never exactly. run out. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So much good stuff in there this month. So you guys definitely want to get on board for the November box, though, because we did see that there's going to be like this little chicken bag that you can like put your chicken in so you can aid them medically without them like flapping and chitch slapping you all over the face. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like, I don't know, carry them to Starbucks like they're in a purse. You can do that that too. too. Yeah. It's so versatile. You could totally put the little pin on that bag, too, if you're just toting um, them around the, the town, you know. There we go. <laughs> then people can be like, what's in your purse? And you just have to point at the pin. Like, never mind the chicken head sticking out the top. <laughs> I'm crazy yeah. excited about that medical bag, though. I almost ordered one last year when I saw advertisements for it. Because, you know, Facebook targets you, like, big time. And I saw those, yes. like, every other day. And I almost got myself one. And now I'm glad that I didn't. Although, seriously, I've needed one because for Honey Shaker's Bumblefoot, we have to wrap her in a towel because otherwise she just like yeah. chitchlaps the shit out of us. So, yes. Oh, and uh, there was one more thing in the box, and that was the Cluck and Good oyster shell uh, from Ooh. Scratch and Peck. Yeah. So many good things. 
Yeah, I find that my honey and rue box is totally worth it every month. I love being surprised because I don't get to surprise myself very often. Um, but I also love getting all of the cool, fun, like unexpected things. Agreed. That I wouldn't buy from a store. Oh, and in fact, I was going to tell everybody about, do you remember when we got that little blue cup um, that, you know, like goes inside a wire cage in one of the oh, boxes? Oh, yeah. I can't remember what box that was. It was multiple months ago, but I remember pulling it out and being like, oh, that's cute. I don't know if I'll ever use it, but you know, and I threw it in my, I have like a tote full of like spare chicken supplies. Well, mm-hmm. now it's filled with grit for the murderino chickens because oh, they're in a wire crate separated from everybody else still. So it's a little like grit dispenser for them. And it's perfect. <laughs> murderino chickens I yeah love them. <laughs> it's so funny i've been trying to make them follow me so i'm like karen georgia steven come on <laughs> and they just look at me like mm, not a chance <laughs> be like my favorite murder and they just start like you know like west side story snapping behind you <laughs> oh maybe that's what i need to do if i play the the theme, the theme song, song to my favorite murder they'll follow me yeah speaking of theme songs How's our coming? How's ours coming along? Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten an update this week. Mm. I'm like dying to hear it now. Like you really amped it up last week. So good. I'm well, ready I'll let you know as it. soon as it's ready. I can't wait. Hey, Sam, have you heard the one about the mealworm and the black soldier fly larva walking into a bar? Um, I don't think so. Well, the bartender says, sorry, dudes, no worms allowed. And the black soldier flies like... I'm not a worm, bro. I'm superior in almost every way. (laughs) Oh, man. I love a good joke. But yeah, both insects are rich sources of protein, popular among backyard chicken owners to help their flock grow stronger, more vibrant feathers. And it also helps speed up molt recovery. But are they the same? No. Mealworms and black soldier fly grubs are two typically different insects with different benefits. And your choice between the two of these snacks matters when it comes to the health and safety of your chickens. Nearly all mealworms on the market are actually grown in China, where food safety is a huge concern. If you're concerned if your mealworms are grown in China, a good rule of thumb is checking the front of the package. If it doesn't immediately jump out at you that it's grown in the USA, then it's likely grown in China. Grublies are also a black soldier fly grub, um, which is farm grown in the USA to ensure safety and quality of the snacks. They're then oven dried. And they have 50 times more calcium than mealworms. Eggshells contain about 95% calcium, so the calcium requirement for laying hens is very high. A daily handful of black soldier fly grubs provides 50 times more calcium than mealworms, promoting stronger shells that won't crack before they get to the kitchen. The calcium content found in black soldier fly grubs can also aid in the prevention of deformed shells and diminishes the possibility of egg binding, a potentially dangerous condition for laying hens. They also have a unique calcium to phosphorus ratio, which is three to one for you science nerds out there. (laughs) This matters because without the right ratio, all the good nutrients you feed your hens won't be absorbed. So they'll just pass right through them, you know, in chicken poop form. (laughs) And black soldier fly grubs were just approved by the FDA for feed. Woohoo! 
Oh, yeah. So, like, as we've just told you, grubs are rich with nutrients, and you'll see feeds beginning to switch from fish meal protein, which, you know, is uh, from the ocean, which is, like, totally being overfished, um, to grubs. So I wonder who will provide such an amazing product. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Grubbly Farms. So go to grublyfarms.com. You can get your flock switched to the healthier, superior protein snack, Grubblies, and save 15% using the code FARM15. So I heard you're getting some barn cats. Yeah. So as some of you might know if you follow me on Instagram, um, we lost our indoor-outdoor cat, Benny, a couple weeks ago, very suddenly, um and he was really big into going outside um and bringing me presents and leaving them on the porch so it was really nice because i haven't really run into any mouse issues on the property although while i was just sitting here i swear to god i saw something like run out of the corner of my eye so there better not be a mouse in my office um <laughs> don't you hate that yeah there's mice in my barn <laughs> oh so I've been thinking about it, but I, I didn't really know where to start um, because I was like, I want another barn cat or two that's like permanently like outside. Um, we have Nyx, our last indoor cat, but she's got longer hair. She's kind of more of a priss. She'll go out into the porch and wander a little bit. Um, she's just not as badass as Benny was. So she likes to stay in the house more and that's fine. Um, but I definitely... Wanted to have more barn cats. So randomly yesterday as I'm cleaning the coop, um, someone messaged my chickens and wine business page on Facebook, which is totally random because I haven't posted anything on there in a very long time because Sam is lazy um, and likes Instagram way more. Um, but it was somebody from this uh, organization called Saved by Zaid, and they were offering me free barn cats, um, which it's just kind of feels like the universe or God or whatever you believe in was like, you want barn cats? Here you go. Um, That's kind of amazing how that works, isn't it? Yes. Because I was literally like, I just don't know where to start. Like if you look online, they'll just say barn cats just show up and just kind of stay. Um, but I didn't really, you know, we have one that kind of comes and goes around here a little bit. And he's like huge, but I don't know if he's fixed or not because he just runs away from me. Um, even though I'm like, love me, stay, you're pretty. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she randomly messaged me and told me that, you know, they will bring you the barn cats to your property. Um, the cats are fixed and vac vaccinated. They focus on trap, neuter, and re return, um, which means they'll like get feral or stray cats and then return them to their colony. Um, that way it controls the cat population so they're not continuing to reproduce. Oh, but, yeah, this is a good time to tell everybody to fix your animals. Yeah, <laughs> fix your animals. Um, <laughs> but sometimes for safety concerns, they can't always return the cats to the colony. Um, these cats obviously have all of their claws because they're outside and they're not necessarily going to be good cuddly house cats. So um, they will relocate them to barns. Um, oh, um, I have to correct myself really quick already. Fix your pet animals, not your farm animals. Oh. <laughs> yes. It's different if you're trying to breed your goats or your 
chickens or yeah the world has enough um feral dogs and cats though (laughs) yeah the world probably has too many bunnies too so yeah (laughs) oh my gosh okay but yes fix your kitties and doggies please and thank you um because they can you know run away for a hot second and knock something up um okay so I chatted with her a little bit because at first I was like, really, somebody's offering me free cats and they're offering to bring them to my farm. And Sam's like, yeah, you're almost like, where's like, the catch? Yeah. And I'm like, trust no one, help no one kind of thing. <laughs> but I was like, OK, do you have more information about your organization? So she pointed me to their Facebook page and there's a ton of reviews on there and videos of them like rescuing cats and stuff. So she sends me a form to fill out about, like, acreage, types of animals we have, that sort of thing. Because what she'll do is she'll take that information and pick out the cats that would be best suited to my property. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, that is pretty cool. Yeah, so now I, I, I filled that out last night at, like, 9.30. And she's like, okay, I'll review it and get back to you. And I'm still waiting. And I'm like, but I want kitties now. Yeah. Um, especially since we went to the feed store today. And there was... Th- like some other organization set up and they had like a mama kitty and three of her younger cats like in a crate together and they were so cute I was like oh my god but I was like no I've already like committed to (laughs) potentially getting some from this other organization that seems like a really cool organization and they're local and they do a ton of stuff so um one of the things I was like thinking about last night as I was filling out this form because I've You know, I grew up around the farm. My grandparents are dairy farmers. And there are barn cats all the time. But I'm like, okay, so how do these barn cats know that their new barn is going to be their home? Like, how do I have them here and them just stay? So apparently there's some method behind that madness. So I did some research. And because, you know, barn cats are useful and we have a lot of farmers listening to us obviously um I wanted to share the information and if something I say is wrong please do email us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com so I do not severely crash and burn and mess up this whole thing um (laughs) (laughs) so I guess what you're supposed to do is put them in a crate with like a litter box um water and food and I'm like I'm gonna throw in a couple toys because I don't want them to be bored um You do that for like one to two weeks and you put it within the building that they're going to call home. So some articles suggest using like a really large dog crate, which we have, and then you put a smaller crate inside of it so the cat can like crawl in that little crate and get cozy and hide if it wants to. Oh yeah, you can put uh, its bed and blankets and stuff in there. Yes, exactly. And then you want to cover the big crate with a blanket on like at least three sides so that helps reduce stress. Um, which is funny because we do that for Ham Ham. He's got like his big enclosure and then his smaller cage in the house that has like a towel over it so he can hide. (laughs) Yeah. But they suggest you clean that litter box one to two times a day. I'll probably use like a mix of clay litter and pine pellets because I want to use pine pellets out in the barn, but I'm not sure if the cat would like not like it right away. So... That's what I'm going to try to do. They suggest that you speak softly as you approach the crate so you don't startle the cat. Um, And if you do not want to do like at-will feeding for them, 
Um, you can come up with a routine to associate your voice in a sound with dinner time. And then that's going to help them realize that you and food are associated and that they know to come back to the barn at dinner time if they're around and can hear you. So um, you, they really suggest quite a bit too that you use really stinky, aka wet, yummy food for the cat because that'll help them like you more and associate the food with you because again these animals are strays or ferals so they're not going to trust you right away um so if you're if you're thinking you're going to adopt a barn cat from one of these types of programs and they're going to love you right away they probably won't um but we'll get into that oh my gosh and we all know that cats are really just like sort of playing you at first when they're acting like they love you it's because they want treats because cats rule the worlds they do (laughs) yeah and they rule the internet too so yeah yeah Um, So after the initial crating, which is one to two weeks, it kind of depends on the cat. You can let them roam the barn or a room within your barn um, and then crate them at night. That'll be another couple weeks. And then you can let them out and out of the barn if you want to let them start roaming that way. After they kind of get used to you and their surroundings, there's still a chance that they'll like run off and not come back. So you have to like kind of prepare your heart for this not to necessarily go well. Um, But most of the time it seems like it does work out. Um, Some other things I learned that barn cats need, they absolutely do need food. There is like a myth out there that you shouldn't feed a barn cat because they won't go hunting and that's total BS. And Benny is a prime example of that because he'd come in and eat his food and then he'd go out and go hunting and leave his kill on my porch. So... Well, and I was going to say, you don't necessarily want them to eat their kill anyways. You just right. want them to kill it. Because, like, I mean, I'm sure that mice are fine for them to eat. But, like, every creature needs the right, like, right. that's what I'm looking for. Nutrition. Yeah, like, balance of nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you don't just free range your chickens. You also give them some feed because they need the protein. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. Um you definitely need to feed them. You can leave out dry food or you can bring them wet food, whatever you prefer. I'll probably spoil mine with wet food for a while just so they love me. Um, <laughs> so he'll need water for them too. You'll want a heated water bowl for winter, obviously shelter, access to the barn. And then I was maybe thinking like a smaller shelter outside of the barn too, just in case they get they can't get back in for whatever reason. Um, there were mixed reviews about keeping a litter box in the barn. I'll probably keep one. I guess they don't always use it, but whatever. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I prefer cats just go to the bathroom outside because I hate cleaning litter boxes. Yeah, me too. And I have, I have to clean mine <laughs> right now. I don't want to. Um, but like what I was saying, you don't, because they're like eating mice, um, Usually it's not too bad for them, but because they are out in the wild associated with other animals and cats, you do want to keep up on their vet checkups and deworming them um, because they can get sick very easily if they eat the wrong thing. Um, And on that note, too, I was reading, and this was actually one of the questions they asked me was what kind of medications we use on our farm animals. And I was a little confused that they were asking me that, but apparently... Many dewormers um, can kill cats Oh, for, like, your goats or your horses or whatever. So you want to keep all of your animal medications up in a way where they can't get them 
and then you also makes total sense yeah and i didn't even like think of that initially because like i know like you want to clean up and put away any machinery liquids like in a freeze or stuff like that um that makes sense but i didn't think about like animal medications so luckily we have really nice cabinets for in our goat area so we just put our stuff up there and the cat wouldn't be able to get in that so also um you don't want to put a collar on them and if you absolutely need to it needs to be one of those breakaway collars but microchipping is also an option if you're concerned about losing the cat oh yeah i totally recommend microchipping it's super cheap um Mm -hmm. and in fact like some counties will do like a free day for that or like a reduced price day or even some of the feed stores do those like a TSC does like a like a cheap vet day. I can't yeah. remember what they call it off the top of my head. But yeah, if you want to keep that animal, microchip them so that when somebody from the city is driving down your country road and they see your animal out, they're not like, oh, this animal is lost. And they bring it to the shelter. And if there's no collar or microchip, like your animal just ends up in the shelter if you don't find it. Exactly. That, that happens around here all the time. I never mm. pick up stray animals unless they look like they need it. Right. Because animals just kind of run free around here. <laughs> exactly. So the last little section of my research um, is entitled, Will My Trap Neuter Release Cat Hate Me? And the answer is yes, probably at first. <laughs> but <laughs> if you want them to love you eventually, you need to kind of act like a cat is what I'm learning. Just ignore mm. them and let them come to you if they're interested. And don't try to force your love on them because they'll scratch the shit out of you. Um, And just talking to them and being around them um, can help. Once they realize that, like I said, they start associating you with food, that'll help a ton. So you just want to love them up from afar and take care of them and just be patient. So you have to understand that when you're getting into it because... Like, obviously, I'm a total animal lover. And when I got my indoor cats, I spent a lot of time sitting at the shelter making sure they were cats that acted like dogs and wanted a lot of attention. Oh, Um, yeah. And with this, it sounds like they're going to give me a couple options. I'm going to pick based on some pictures, and then they're going to bring them to me. So that'll be interesting. (laughs) How many are you going to start off with? Are you going to start off with multiples or just one? Um, Just two. You have to do at least two. Okay, that makes sense. That way they have a friend. Yeah. Exactly. Duh. And I guess I, uh, <laughs> I guess they do better when they hunt in groups too, which makes sense. I, I can understand that. Yeah. Um and they'll also have like they'll have their own strengths and weaknesses just like every other creature does. Exactly. Yeah. Teams are good. Yeah. And he'll have a buddy, so I hope they get along cuz they're going to have to sh- share the same uh dog kennel area because I only have one otherwise I guess I'm gonna have to go buy another one and then my free barn cats aren't so free but that would be okay (laughs) well you know I was gonna say I think they're better off together anyways because they'll feel safer yeah especially if they brought them to you as pairs hopefully they've been keeping those two together right um so they're already associated with each other otherwise they're gonna have to fight like cats (laughs) right I'll have to ask (laughs) her that because I'll definitely want to run out and get another dog carrier or amazon prime that shit (laughs) i love it i think that getting a barn cat is a great idea i wish i could get barn cats here 
Um, my husband is allergic to cats no. and the barn is where his workshop is. Um, but I have a really big mouse problem right now. Like I Ugh. almost stomped one with my boot the other day. But you know how you like go to do it and then like you can't make your body follow through. Ugh, yeah, <laughs> That was what happened because I didn't want to feel the mouse under my foot. Ooh. And so I just called my husband and I was like, there's a mouse in the tack room. And of course, the tack room is the feed room. Um, right. So that's where all the feed is. So I'm like, there's a mouse in where the feed is. We have these uh, for people who can't get barn cats. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. I have no idea what it's called. I probably should have researched this, but here I am going off the cuff again. Um, <laughs> it's like this. It looks like a diving board and you put peanut butter on one end of it and you attach it to a bucket and you use a length of wood to lead up to the little diving board and when the mouse crawls up the wood and goes on the little diving board thing when it goes out to the ends to get the peanut butter they fall into the bucket and because it's summertime it's just filled with water well it's not summertime anymore but you know it's not freezing yet so it's just filled with water in the wintertime though we put a mix of antifreeze and water in it um, which can be kind of tricky because you have to make sure that you don't leave it somewhere where your other animals can get to it if it has antifreeze in it um, but right now it's just water. So we're moving it all over the place because there's a ton of mice in there and we're trying to get them all, mm. um, because they bring diseases and they eat your feed and they poop in your feed and yeah, you just, you can't have mice around. Maybe you could get like a hypoallergenic cat. <laughs> do those exist? Okay. So I think actually like they do the exist. Cats. <laughs> um, when I was growing up, we had a Cornish Rex. Um, which kind of looks like those Sphinx naked cats, yeah. except it has like some white curly hair on it. Go ahead and Google Cornish Rex cat right now okay, um, while I'm talking, um, except uh, it's partially bald and it has like patches of curly white fur. So it looks diseased. I'm trying so, to see. Oh, they do look kind of odd. <laughs> right? Oh. So, oh. like, my friend's parents would come and drop them off, and then they'd see the cat, and they'd, like, recoil, and they'd be like, oh, is your cat diseased? <laughs> and my mom's like, no, no. And this was, like, the oldest cat ever. My mom got her before I was even born, and she died when she was 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the cat lived for forever, and she was the meanest cat ever. She hated our guts, but we didn't help it. We we like to pick her up and put her on high places that she couldn't jump off of and then leave because oh. <laughs> we were mean. Well, I just found a list of 13 hypoallergenic cat breeds on the internet. So, Oh, go ahead and read those for anybody who needs them. Let me scrolly, 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 scrolly. And before so... we leave, I'll print these off and bring them to Jared. Last night, he was just asking me not to ask for more animals. So maybe I'll just like leave them <laughs> under his pillow and I'll tell him the tooth fairy left it. <laughs> So Siberian, um, Balinese, uh, it looks like it's a cross-eyed cat too. Uh, they all sound fancy so far. Yeah, Bengal, <laughs> which usually start around $2,000, so probably uh, not I can that afford one. that. <laughs> um, Burmese, uh, Color Point Short Hair, Cornish Rex, so there you go. Oh, hey, I can get another Cornish Rex. Ooh, a Devon Rex. All right. Uh, a Javanese. These are some weird looking cats, too. Um, an Aki cat. Oriental short hair. That one looks more normal. Russian blue. There you go. Um, Siamese. Oh, see? There's so many options. And a Sphinx, which is the creepy bald, which would probably not be a good barn cat. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are any of these good mousers? I think most cats can be pretty good mousers. You know, I'm going to add this to the show notes so you can link to that profile. Yeah, so what I really should have done was just sent you one of these photos because I just Googled Cornish Rex and none of these look super weird. I wonder if I can get this to you fast enough somehow. Because <laughs> uh, I just found a photo of one that looks like my Cornish Rex. And I think that you'll appreciate what I was talking about a little more when you see one of these. Oh, boy. You could just drop it in the show notes and I can pick it up. Uh, well, I just took a picture of it with my phone because I'm not very oh. technical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here, I'll text it to her. <laughs> Even though this too. is probably way slower. Sent. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Taking a while. Oh, Hopefully I sent it to the right person. You did. Because <laughs> that would be really awkward. Oh, my God. Why does it have two <laughs> colored eyes? I don't know. I don't remember if mine had two colored eyes, but that's about what my cat looked like. See that how it's, like, kind of bald it in some like, places? It looks like a Sphinx cat with a really, like, Goodwill janky, like, sweater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's kind of endearing and adorable at the same time. In his yeah. own way. Only a face a mother could love, right? That is right. And my mother was the only one that loved that cat. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Missy. Yeah. I actually do miss you. So, yeah. So the cat adventure will continue. So Sam will hopefully have something to follow up on next time we record. Now we have Cat Corner. Yeah. Cat Corner. Kitty, kitty, meow. (laughs) I don't know why I just did that, but I did. (laughs) All right. So what's what's on your list of things to talk about today? So the chickens are molting. Oh, yes, they are. Molting. (laughs) Yes. It's it's pretty dramatic over here. Like, I cleaned the coop yesterday, and I could not believe how many feathers there were in the coop. Right. It's kind well, of gross. <laughs> and, you know, it's the right time of year for it. Um, molting typically happens, like, the end of summer, early fall, like, as the days begin to get shorter. Yeah. Uh, so it only makes sense. It's happening at the right time, so it's nothing to be alarmed about. Um, and, yeah, you can tell that your chickens are molting because it'll look like... A, what is it that they like to say? Like they had a pillow fight in the coop? Yes. I feel like I read that over and over again, over and over and over again. (laughs) And it's not just like they had a pillow fight in the coop. It's like some of them do not molt very gracefully. Some of them look like they might've even been attacked by an animal. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them look like pretty friggin' awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I actually saw in a chicken group, somebody was like, what happened to my chicken? And everybody's like, it's molting it's fine so (laughs) that first molt can be like super surprising if you're not if you don't know what you're supposed to be seeing yeah and um usually a chicken has their first molt when they're over 16 months of age so um when you have fall chicks you won't necessarily get a molt out of them like the first um transition into the next fall it'll be the next one um, or sometimes they'll mold in the spring. It just, like, it kind of depends. They have to be the right age 
in order to do it. So don't be super shocked if you have young chickens and they don't molt yet. Right. Um, Because it's the change in daylight that triggers it. So that's why usually it's fall. But it can really happen anytime there's a sudden change in the weather. Um, Or it can happen when there's a change in feed also. Like if you forget to feed your chickens... Um, or they're not getting the right balance of nutrients, they can have a molt as well. So if you have a molt like in the middle of the summer, you might want to look into it and see if there's something wrong. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't really realize that. Yeah, it's like it's usually just like in the season transitions. Like a spring molt isn't very common, but I mean, I imagine that it has to happen because of fall chicks. Yeah, because I, think... I just can't imagine that a chicken goes two years like without a mole. Right, and I think I kind of experienced that too because we got some chickens last like early March, and then like in May, I felt like some of those ones that we got the previous February, March time, in like April, May, they kind of started looking a little multi. So yeah, because they were like over a year old. Yeah. Um, so it was time for their feathers to go. And yeah. Yeah. So it's totally possible. But I'm interested to see if those guys kind of wait until like the following fall next year. But not all of ours started molting in May. Some a lot of our chickens right now are going through a pretty brutal looking molt, which is unfortunate because it's starting to get kind of cold here at night. <laughs> it is here too. <laughs> so it's like, I feel so bad for them because it's like, oh, your booty is showing and it's like cold. Like, <laughs> thank I goodness know. we the... have so many. You guys just huddle together. It's fine. <laughs> the winds blows and like separates their fluff and you see like the big bear patches and yeah. you're like, oh, that looks cold. <laughs> thank you, poor babies. And then when the pin feathers start coming back, it, it, looks so cool but kind of creepy at the same time <laughs> oh yeah well um and when your chickens molt you're likely to see a reduction in egg production uh, oh, yeah. because feathers are like 85 percent protein so your chickens need that protein in their bodies to aid in the molt instead of laying eggs because they need protein to lay eggs also so usually they'll take a break um some chickens won't, though. Like, this is one of those things where sometimes it happens this way, and sometimes it happens totally different. It just kind of depends on your chickens. Yeah, we've definitely slowed down, though, I've noticed. Yeah, I had a couple eggs. days where I had, like, two or three eggs, and I was like, oh, here we go. I'm not really going to have very many <laughs> eggs anymore. And then now I picked up seven yesterday and only have eight chickens, so oh, I don't know. So they're just, it just depends on the timing and their mood, probably. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally does. Um, and, you know, people are always wondering what you can do to help your chickens along um, while they're molting, and, like... The best advice we can give you is to give them high protein treats, yes. you know, like rubblies. Yeah. <laughs> like we just talked about in our fun commercial. Definitely right. give them grublies. But if you don't have grublies on hand right the second, you have other options like sunflower seeds, nuts, soybeans, meat. You can give them scrambled eggs back, even though your eggs might be precious right now. But. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, some people switch to like the meat maker mix of feed mm. instead of just giving high protein treats. I read that online somewhere. I've never done that personally. Um, but that is an option if, you know, like buying treats for your chickens isn't something that you do. Uh, I want to say that most of our listeners, though, see their egg laying chickens as kind of pets. So, yeah. Um, but 
it's an option out there for like real hardcore farmers out there. Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful not to give them too much uh, protein because too much protein can cause kidney disease and gout, which oh. is a big thumbs down. Yeah, don't do that. So spoil them with caution. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've read on, on there, like, oh, on there, I've, I don't know on where I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, the interwebs, um, <laughs> that treats should only be between 5 and 10% of a chicken's diet. But, like, my chicken's free range, so I don't have a good way to measure 10 to, yeah. you know, 5 to 10% of their diet. So I usually just throw a couple handfuls out there and figure they'll eat what they want. Exactly. And I try to keep an eye on them, so I wouldn't stress about it too much. And if most of your treats are things like fresh vegetables and like high-protein things like grublies and seeds, I'm going to say you're doing okay. I would limit things like oats, um, anything with a lot of fat in it, I would limit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would limit um, like uh, corn or grains. Yes. Did I say grains already? I probably said grains twice. I <laughs> feel like it's worth repeating if you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like how people should eat. Like, we mostly eat vegetables and meat, and we have a little bit of carbs. Yes. There we go. Because fat chickens get that liver disease, and that's no good. Yeah. And they're already going through the molt. They don't really need more problems right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're trying to help them, not make it worse. <gasps> yes. Um, And there's a couple other molting issues that you want to keep in mind. Um, Sam mentioned those pin feathers. You don't want to be handling your chickens much unless you absolutely have to while those pin feathers are sticking out. Uh, Not only is it really painful for the chickens to have those be like, you know, messed with, but you can also accidentally break one and they have a lot of blood vessels in them and it can cause a lot of bleeding. So if you break a pin feather on accident and it's profusely bleeding, just throw some cornstarch on it or blood stop powder if you have it in your first aid kit and that'll take care of that. I thought you were going to say if you have it in your purse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Sam might have it in her purse. I (laughs) might. Bev definitely does not have any of that in her purse because she has nothing in her purse. (laughs) Yeah. We actually had a, one of our older hens, she, her back was, her, her back pin feathers were coming in and somebody decided that they wanted to get romantic with her and like scraped them a little bit so what we ended up doing is just spraying blue coat all over them because it was a little bloody she's fine but you can also put like a hen saddle on them if that's happening to them too oh yeah um and thimbleworks sells some pretty awesome hen saddles we'll plug those again because we love montana (laughs) so molting that's all i got on that well and i think the other thing with the pin feathers too is like they might get pecked at or picked on by other flock members. Oh, yeah. So one of the things you can do with that is just spray blue coat on it. Because if they can't see, like, the bare skin if it's blue. Because, you know, their vision uh, likes bare or red. But I find if I spray blue coat on the animal, they're less likely to pick on that one. Oh. So you can do that. Because they're like vibrant feathers that might be a poisonous mushroom. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like fun little hair dye for them too. So like <laughs> punk rock chickens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Make sure nobody's getting bullied. There we go. That's yeah. That's all we got on that. That's all we got. Do you have anything else? So uh, I can't remember when the last time we asked for farm stories was. I have a really oh. short one. Ooh. I didn't put it in the show notes. Um I talked about it on Instagram really quick, but I don't know if you saw it. 
But if you have a farm story of any kind that you want to share, just email it to drinkandfarm. That's and spelled out, not the ampersand. Gmail.com and we'll get it. Or you can send it to us on Instagram or however. Send it to us in the group. However you want to give it to us because we like to share stories. Because I keep telling my stories over and over again. I'm starting to feel a little narcissistic. (laughs) But apparently my farm is just that much of a hot mess. (laughs) No, it's just it's content for the podcast there we go there you go so um earlier this week i was mowing um my husband finally got fed up with doing all the mowing it like mowing around here is a time suck i think i've talked about it it takes like we've gotten it down to like six hours each time we mow which is pretty decent it used to take like 10 so i think we're doing pretty good my Mm -hmm. husband does it even faster than i do because he goes super crazy fast but anyways i started doing the mowing despite my chiropractor's insistence that i don't and i was out mowing and i see this thing streaking across our meadow i'm gonna try to set the scene it's kind of hard we have like this section of our lands off like to the east of us that's just this really wide open long strip of empty land and i have to mow it right now (laughs) because there's nothing else in it so this creature was exposed for like a really long time and i'm sitting on the mower and i'm squinting at it and i'm like holy shit that's the bobcat that we've been keeping an eye on oh no so I immediately pull out my phone and try to hit the record button as I'm pushing the forward on the ZTR. So I'm like <laughs> racing across this area, like full speed ahead with my phone in my hand towards a bobcat. Because that's a good idea. <laughs> because that's a good idea. And I ran it into the woods. And the first thing I did was turn the mower off and jump off. <laughs> And I like stepped into the woods and I stopped and I was like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I running down a bobcat? What am I going to do with it once I get there? And the bobcat was like super irritated. Oh, I bet. It kept like coming back and then running. And then it's like, lady, like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, wait, oh my God, I got to get out of here. So I jumped on the mower and it turns out I must have like done one of the safety trigger things. Um, if you don't turn it off properly, it won't start again until you like set all the things back. And, you know, it requires the blades are off. It's in park. The parking brake is on like the seatbelt, like you're on the seat. And so I had to like go through all this thing while I'm like, oh my God, there's a bobcat behind me. Like I have to get out of here. (laughs) The bobcat was probably really far in the woods. So I don't think I was in any danger. Then I was like, all right, well, Let's leave the bobcat alone and go put all my animals away. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I go park the mower, put the chickens away, much to their dismay, put the goats away early. And then I was like, all right, now I can finish the mowing. (laughs) I was just waiting for you to say it. And then Tarzan came (laughs) through the trees. He rescued my animals. (laughs) Yes, that would have been very nice. killing the bobcat. (laughs) <laughs> well, oddly enough, the bobcat was limping, which was why I was able to catch up with it. Otherwise, oh. the bobcat would have been way too fast. So something heard it, and I don't know what it was. And while I was in there messing around with the bobcat, I heard a deer make a really awful noise in, like, a section of woods that's on the other side Uh-oh. of the meadow. So that was when I was like, oh, like, I really need to get all the animals put away because there might be something else out there that's worse than this bobcat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so uh yeah i did everything else with caution after that i'm gonna like let everybody know i was like hey uh, the bobcat is injured which is super weird and there might be something more dangerous in there because i heard this and i haven't heard anything since then but hmm. That's, That's a- my I chased a bobcat <laughs> on a ZTR mower story. <laughs> I chased a bobcat and tried to Instagram that shit. <laughs> yeah, I did. I tried super hard to Instagram it because that is how like hardcore Instagrammer I am. <laughs> <laughs> you did it for the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I do everything for the podcast nowadays. <laughs> That's too good. And I'm sure other people have hilarious dumb stories like that out there. I cannot be the only one that has chased down a scary animal <laughs> no i tried to chase a fox before i mean oh. a fox is less intimidating than a bobcat but still you know if it has rabies and it's crazy it might try to bite you yeah i mean and you know i think the only reason why i would say that that's a little less intimidating is only because they're more common like bobcats you don't normally see them yeah, that very that often, or at least not in this area but Random. i mean otherwise it's still a wild creature so i'd say sam's a badass too Maybe just not as badass as Bev, but I'm getting there. (laughs) Or maybe we're both just dumbasses. I don't know. (laughs) Instead of badasses, we're dumbasses. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) That's all right. It's fine. At least we do things together at separate times. Yeah. In separate states. Yes. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, this is We Drink and We Farm Things, and I'm Sam. And I'm Bev. Make sure you go give us a follow over on Instagram at Drink and Farm. We like for our listeners and non-listeners to use our hashtag, hashtag Drink and Farm. We feature those twice a week, one on Tuesday, one on Thursday. The only rule is to drink and farm safely. That's right. So drink. Farm. And And give give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. Let me see if I can find the button this time.